You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. This is Locked On Hornets, your daily podcast on the Charlotte Hornets and the NBA. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Search your podcast app for Locked On to get podcasts on the NBA, the NFL, and fantasy sports. I'm Doug Branson. I cover the team for FanRagSports.com. I'm joined by my friend, the man, the myth, the legend from the mean streets of Cotswold. He's been covering the Hornets since they were the orange-flavored Bobcats. David Walker, how are you? The Bobcats, the orange-flavored Bobcats. The Bobcats are going to come up in this show, by the way. We're going to relive a few Bobcats-Lakers trades with this cup check news. One of the more less storied rivalries and storied histories the league has to offer. No one remembers those, but they were good times. They were. Well, it was one of the few... The few good moments that you could that you could have as a Bobcats fan, you got a you got a few playoff trips, but you also got a few wins over the Lakers, a few unexpected ones. Those That's right. The, Kobe had no Kobe had no answer for the likes of Byron Mullins, Byron. <laughs> Lord Byron. Uh, we are live on YouTube.com forward slash Locked On Hornets. We're live on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. So if you're not following us there, please do at uh, Locked On Hornets on Instagram as well. And I realize now, so we do video, I realize now that I'm wearing a gray shirt up against a gray background. That was unwise. I look like one of those weather men that uh, that you know wears a, like a blue or a green tie and it keys out. I look like just a floating head. Well, I'll do you one better. I'm I'm I've uh, in front of a white wall and I have a white face. So that's true. You actually look like an, a floating head. <laughs> What's that? Are you wearing a Carolina sweatshirt? Yeah. Are you doing that in honor of Mitch Kupchak, a Carolina grad, and no. the rumors no. that he could possibly be the next general manager of the Charlotte Hornets? We will talk about that later in the show. Also, uh, Kemba All-Star talk. We've got to talk about that because Porzingis injures his ACL last night, opening up another slot for the Eastern Conference. The Cavs are falling apart. want to mention that. Some trends. We'll talk about some trends over the past week or so for the Charlotte Hornets and other things. Okay, this show is brought to you by... This show is brought to you by our friends at Draft.com. It's like fantasy basketball, but it's different, and it's better, and it's great, and you should go to Draft.com right now, sign up for it, use our promo code uh, LOHORNETS to sign up, and you're going to get a free game with your first deposit. So it's it's kind of like your fantasy basketball league that you do with Yahoo or ESPN or whatever, but it also has some daily fantasy mixed in. It's It's a cool thing, so check it out. We'll tell you a little bit more about that uh, as well. First, let's start with the Kemba stuff because this happened late last night. Christoph Porzingis, an all-star already, goes down for the New York Knicks, tears his ACL. We have the official word on that, so he's probably going to miss close to a year. That's unfortunate news for the NBA if you love basketball, if you love watching great players play. That's obviously sad news. 
if you want to see Kimba Walker in an all-star game, it doesn't make the news any less sad, but it does give you a new angle to look at it from uh, because he could be a possible all-star replacement. I think it comes down to, as I said, when uh, when we had the last all-star replacement, I thought it came down to Kimba Walker versus Ben Simmons, and they went with Goran Dragic. So... <laughs> You know, take any analysis that I have for a grain of salt. I think it still comes down to those two. So, congratulations, Jalen Brown. I'll go ahead and break the news now. <laughs> or Blake Griffin. Why not? Yeah, this sucks for Porzingis, and that injury did not look good from the from the get go. Kind of kind of popped back on him, or, or went out at a weird angle. I mean, initial reports were okay that he was putting weight on it, but to go along with those reports. Uh, you can still put your weight on that when you have that blown ACL. So, so man, that sucks for Porzingis, dude. Sucks. And like you said, at the beginning of the year, the, the injuries are starting to become a theme. Right. And all, and, and there's like an all-star curse now, all these all-stars going down. But here's LeBron. the question, because we've talked, we've talked to you about the stats. We've shown you, like, Kimball Walker, by the statistics, deserves to be an all-star. But so much yeah. of this seems to come down to, for the coaches and for Adam Silver, the people that are most responsible for making these. Really, it's Adam Silver's decision, but he's been deferential to the coach's decision. But so much of this has come down to winning teams. The The Hornets are not a winning team. Ben Simmons is on a Philadelphia 76ers team. I think they got the win last night, which would put them at 26 and 25. And, and in the playoff discussion, the Hornets are not in the playoff discussion. But my first question, because I don't really care if – I don't really care about talking about whether or not he gets in. What I care about is, would it mean as much if Kemba is selected now? Would it mean as much to you if now he's been snubbed three times? Tell us on the chat, (laughs) would it mean as much to you if Kemba Walker is selected now? Or would it be like, okay, I mean, he deserved to be in from the jump, but now it just feels like a gimme. Like, okay, come on, kid. I think it does, though. Like you said, he deserved to be in from the jump. Certainly history doesn't look back on whether he was named an alternate or a replacement or whatever. And for Kimba, it would be two times in a row, and that would be big also for the Charlotte Hornets. I think the last guy that made it two times in a row is maybe Glenn Rice. Don't Mm. quote me on that one. But I don't think they've had a a guard ever make two consecutive all-star games in a row. That is, if you're not counting Glenn Rice as a guard. Uh, Zoe and um, LJ. I believe the other two guys. And I, I think I, I need to give credit to someone on Twitter, but I don't remember who that was. So I will find that and perhaps uh, find that tweet. But yeah, I think it would be big for him, Doug. And, you know, a small silver lining in this season that's been frustrating. I wonder how much Kemba's performance after the – which snub was that last time? The second snub? The initial snub was the – The fact that he wasn't put in to begin with. Right, right, but the second snub was the Dragic snub, correct? <laughs> no, that was the, no, that was the third snub. So the, that was Kevin Love being out. And oh then, my God, you're right. Yeah, that was right. So that was the third. That's what I'm saying. He pulled off the rare triple snub. John <laughs> yeah, so Wall. John Wall was the first snub, and that went to. But that was obvious. They were going to go Andre Drummond. That felt obvious. The third snub yeah. felt less than obvious. And if they go with Ben Simmons. I get. I won't be surprised. That's my thing. They're going with winning teams. I will not be surprised if they end up going with Ben Simmons over Kemba Walker. It doesn't make it any more right. And as Keith on the chat here points out, if they do go with Kemba Walker, it all counts the same in the history books. 
Yeah. I'm fine with that. But I think just now, I live in the present. I want, I, you know, I don't care about the future. I don't think about yeah. the future. I, I just yeah. live in the right now. And yeah. right now, right. it just wouldn't feel. Again, I think Kimba Walker deserved it from the jump, but it just would feel at this point like, okay, like I'm glad. Listen, I'm glad. I would be glad Charlotte would have some representation, and maybe, maybe that gives him a little bit of an advantage over Ben Simmons. Maybe, uh, maybe Adam Silver looks at this and goes, "Man, we don't, we don't have a." It was the same with Goran oh. Dragic. They, they yeah. you know, part of I think at least the speculation was that Goran Dragic was selected because you didn't have an All Star from a team that was top four. Now has dropped what down to six or seven. They've lost a few close ones. Philly, but, right? Oh, um, but uh, Miami, yeah. But right, you didn't yeah. have an All Star from one of your better teams in the Eastern Conference, so they gave it to Goran. That was a speculation. So we, I think, we could further educated speculation that they may give the advantage to Kemba because there is zero representation from the team that will represent you next, next season. Right. <laughs> and I, I honestly think someone, if they haven't already, someone from the Hornets needs to just put that little bug in his ear. Just as a reminder, coming here next year, there's no one from Charlotte out there, the only team not to have any representation of any kind. So it's a bit of a layup. I also wonder – I think it's just four games right now that separate uh, Philadelphia and Charlotte. So is that really big enough to give that team two representations, uh, one of which would be a rookie in Ben Simmons? So got to think Kim has inside track. We shall see. Uh, last time it took him almost a day and a half. Uh, I don't foresee it taking that long, Doug, given that the trade deadline is tomorrow. Okay, we're going to get to – got some trade deadline discussion to get to. We're going to get to that in a moment. If you didn't listen to yesterday's show, go back because we did a really great sort of trade deadline primer. We'll have some more discussion of that in this show. Uh, but quick break. We'll be right back. We've got much more ahead. We've got to talk about this cup check news, plus the Cavaliers are falling apart. And I saw a tweet that made me LOL, laugh out loud. We'll talk about that here in a few moments. Be right back. You are listening to the Locked On Hornets podcast. He is obsessed with Kawhi Leonard. He is obsessed He's with obsessed bringing with winning. an all-star to Charlotte. And he's lying. He's not telling the truth. He's lying. He's lying through his teeth. <laughs> you can't believe him. <laughs> Get more Hornets analysis on LockedOnHornets.com. Amber on the chat saying perennial all-star Kemba. I like the sound of that. Yeah, again, it would count this, as Keith said, it would count the same in the record books. It might not feel great to everyone this season, but when we look back on it historically, it will be the same. Fantasy basketball fans, listen up. If you love fantasy basketball, then you have to try our new favorite app. We've had a great time with them as a sponsor, and we use their product. I use it every day. I play fantasy basketball on Draft.com. I use their app on the App Store. Just search Draft. On Draft, you play real-life snake drafts with other people just like in your season-long league. Here's how it works. It's a draft that lasts for just one night. There's no management. You just set it, and you forget it. Once you're done drafting, that's it. No trades, no waiver wire. Draft even takes care of last-minute injuries for you. 
And drafts start every couple of minutes, so you can join one right this instant. And the best part is you can play for cold, hard cash. Drafts start from just $1, so there's a draft for everyone. Low risk. You can get in there, get a couple of dollars going on. Maybe you can join our drafts. If you follow me on draft, LOH Doug, whenever I start a draft, you can join ours and take take my money. Uh, so come and join us on Draft today. Download the app anytime. Just search Draft in your app store. Join a game in minutes or play right from your computer on Draft.com. Whatever you want, Draft has it for you. For a limited time, only all new players get a free entry into a draft when you make your first deposit. But you have to use our promo code LOHORNETS. That's right. Play a real money game for free just for using our promo code LOHORNETS on your first deposit. On draft. All right, so the Cavs, if you haven't been paying attention to the rest of the NBA, if you've just been sort of zeroed in on the Hornets, first of all, I'm sorry. Second of all, I'm here to Yeah, respect. (laughs) Uh, But we're here to help you. So the Cavaliers right now are falling apart, and the stories and the anonymous quotes, and is LeBron James getting into fights with executives, and have they shut the door on him and said, LeBron, you've got no more say in what's going on. It's all too much from a team that was that is a perennial. Talk about perennial. They are a perennial finals competitor. It's all been too much. But how about this tweet, David, from AP writer Tom Withers? He says, "Ask one of the Cavs how much DeAndre Jordan could help right now," and he said, "Quote: Montel Jordan could help us right now." That's a sick That's burn. A sick burn. <laughs> That's a sick burn. Forget DeAndre Jordan. This is how we do it. Montel yeah. Jordan could help us. <laughs> but what it's got me thinking, David, stay with me. Uh, what it's I'm got me thinking is could this work for other possible trade targets? Could we do this little word play, this clever word play that the Cavaliers player dropped on us, the anonymous Cavaliers player that was probably Channing Fry? Can can this work with with other all star or with other possible trade targets? Let's start with Kimball Walker. He's still been in Cavaliers Hornets trade rumors. Can this work for Kimball Walker? How much could Kimball Walker help the Cavaliers right now? Kimball Walker, Antoine Walker could help us right now. You like that one? <laughs> the shimmy, bring the shimmy back, of course. Kimball Walker. Paul Walker could help us right now. Oh, too soon. Too, too, R.I.P. Sorry, I know you're fast and furious. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All right, moving on. Mm-hmm. Kimball Walker, a Jedi ghost projection of Luke Skywalker on crate could help us right now. <laughs> we never did our Star Wars pod. Why didn't we do our Star uh, Wars pod? Could, I had so I many, I had so many problems with the third act that I could have talked about on the Star Wars podcast that. We still got time. It's a long season, an even longer off season. So God knows what's going to happen. We'll get that in there. Nick wants to be a part of that too. Lou Williams, Montel Williams couldn't help us right now. I went back to the Mon- so, I went back to the Montel. Yeah. Well. So so quick uh, side story on this. The first time I heard about this Montel Jordan quote uh, on the on the tweet was on the radio, mm-hmm. and the guy relaying it got Montel Jordan and Montel Williams confused. So he was just saying, I guess Montel Jordan would come in and, and help with the discussion. And so the team oh. could talk about, Oh no, <laughs> that's not the right Montel. Oh, no. Montel Jordan is, is six, eight, by the way, Doug, 
Well, See, he, maybe you know, he, he, he replied to the tweet oh, that, hell yeah. that he could be counted on for, <laughs> what, two points, a rebound, and five good fouls. Could you, could, <laughs> there, could you be counted on for that? Could you go in and give five good fouls? No way, dude. Uh, I played basketball for the first time since the injury on Monday night, Doug, since the finger injury. I played for the first time. Oh, yeah? Two hours. Yeah, two hours of pickup. <clears throat> the first day, the soreness is not that bad, but but last night and this morning, I, I, I could barely walk. So just keep that in mind next time you go out and play. Wait, you could barely walk mm-hmm. from, the, right. from the finger injury? No, 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 not from the finger injury, from, from playing basketball for the first time since oh. since last June. Well, that's yeah, – okay. Well, that has – okay, because you were making it out to be like it was the injury, but it's really just you are getting – you're getting up yeah, there. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Lou Williams, Wendy Williams could help us right now. Oh. That's two talk show hosts in a row. Back to back. Oh, and Montel Williams, if you're, a, if you're our age – You'll remember the you're and David, you might remember this on local television, the commercials. Go tell Montel. Those were very influ- I I remember those as if they were yesterday. Go tell Montel. <laughs> Montel, I still see Montel in the commercials. Some sort of cash relief oh, or yeah, uh, Montel completely sold the soul to the devil. Montel, how could you? Montel, you were you were helping people. You were bringing you were bringing psychics on your show and solving murders. You were doing good for society. Back to the Cavs, Doug. Can you <laughs> recall something this dysfunctional outside of uh, – and what would you go back to? What would you go back to, the Lakers, like the Kobe Lakers, when there was this much dis- the Dwight, The Dwight Nash Kobe Lakers, I think, is probably Ooh, the most cool. recent example of the of – the, and, and that has a lot to do with our, our next – Mitch Kupchak discussion, which you are you are violently trying to thrust me into. You've been you've been wanting no, chomping just, at the bit. Just alerting you. George Hill. Jonah Hill could help us right now. George Jefferson could help us right now, Doug. Am I right? George Hill. Faith Hill could help us right now. <laughs> Do you have any? Do you have any? Uh, I just dropped the George Jefferson in there. That was good. I like that one. Moving That's on good. up. What other? What other big? Uh, what other? Even though Lou, I did Lou Williams a couple of times. Even though it looks like he's going to sign a contract with the uh, Los I've Angeles Clippers. You got one. Go ahead. I've got one. Marvin Williams. <laughs> How about your cousin Marvin Barry? Uh, okay. <laughs> Not a Marvin Barry. That was good. Yeah. It was Back good. Uh, who else is a trade target right now? I want to see if I can do one off the top of the dome before we move on. Tyreek Evans. Oh, man. Oh, Tyreek Evans. Bob Evans could help us right now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did it. Send us your best wordplay trade. Yeah, that's right. If you're on the good, thank you. I always forget to to go back to the chat. So on the chat, if you have them. So it's the it's the trade target and then the celebrity. So if you if you have a good one, lay it on us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets or on the chat YouTube.com forward slash locked or for yeah forward slash locked on hornets. Yeah. Do you want to? Okay, you're dying to talk about the cup check stuff, so I'm I'm gonna move it up. 
No. Yeah, Look, you are. No, you are, and I, and I think it's interesting too. So this has been out there for a little bit, <laughs> but Chris that. Mannix of Yahoo.com is doubling down on a report that there are rumblings out there that the Charlotte Hornets brass could look to replace general manager Rich Cho, who is in the final year of his contract with Mitch Kupchak, former Lakers general manager, fired in February of last year. David, first of all, what do you make of this report? Rich to Mitch. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. Certainly the North Carolina connection is the first thing people will focus on. Michael Jordan and Mitch Kupchak, both alumna of the university, as are you and I, Doug. So, I mean, we could probably all have a pod together. Did you know that Michael Jordan went to the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill? You know who is good at basketball? Michael Jordan. People forget. I feel like people forget that fact, but he did. Um... So it was interesting to me. Yeah, I dropped this on you, Doug. I think um, Mannix mentioned it on his podcast like a week or two ago and then put it out there in the Twitterverse this uh, this week. But it's it's one of those hirings that I think makes sense from the, the connection angle, but also getting an experienced guy in here is one thing that I would be looking for if I were going to replace Rich Cho. And this is all speculation, of course. But I think they've gotten themselves in such a financial mess and have very little wiggle room that getting a guy in there who has some had had some experience in the GM chair makes sense. Yeah, and and Cupcheck, like the one thing that you can say about him is that he is very experienced in both complex trade deals that involve mm-hmm. major salaries and cap gymnastics. Right. Like, he used both of those things to help build or, or help build or personally build championship teams in Los Angeles. And that's the thing. People think of L.A. as a place that just goes out there and gets whatever free agent they want. That was sort of – that was how it was pre – because Mitch Kupchak has been with the organization since retiring as a player in like the, yeah. the mid-'80s and then joined the team as, as an executive but not general manager. He really wasn't general manager. He wasn't making major decisions until – after Shaq was already there, like 2002, 2003. So that's really when the cup check era began. And after that, after Shaq, L.A. was more known for not getting free agents to to join L.A. And now we're in this revolution now where people don't care about L.A. They don't care about New York or Boston. They really just want to win. And, and they want to know that if they go to a place – that it's going to be somewhere where they can play their best basketball. It's not about going somewhere and making a lot of, you know, endorsement dollars or becoming a movie star. Like people can do that anywhere now. We live in that. Everybody's their own star. Like Russell Westbrook creates his own uh, thing on social media, and Kevin Durant does the same thing. So that's not a draw anymore, right? So uh, Kupchak lived that era, and and he did. A, I think he did a good job of putting together a championship a championship team. Uh, there in Los Angeles. Now, the popular criticism of Kupchak in the late stages of his time in Los Angeles was that he was essentially holding water for Lakers part owner and executive vice president Jim Buss. And both of those guys exited at the same time, like Magic and Genie got rid of that of them as a group, yeah. because a lot of people viewed Kupchak as basically just you know, taking the, the the decisions that Jim Buss wanted to instill after after Jerry Buss died, and you know, mo- moving those decisions forward, that worries me a little bit because you know it makes you wonder if he would be able to be 
an independent voice within the Hornets front office when you have a guy in Michael Jordan who is a a strong voice and has strong opinions on basketball matters. Now, I think that people overstate his influence overall, but I think unquestionably he has an influence in certain basketball decisions. If if Michael Jordan likes a player, then it's it's I I would say it's a little bit difficult to not execute that basketball decision. I don't think he's involved in every decision, but I do think he's involved in some decisions. And would I th- I think that would be something you would wonder about. Could Cupchak sort of go up against that and say, well, listen, I my personal opinion is X, and I think we mm-hmm. should do that and be strong on that. Could that yeah, happen? I don't know. Well, you also wonder if MJ would look at him any differently than he does Cho, and this is making a lot of assumptions, of course, but Mitch played in the league, uh, you know, went to Carolina, obviously, has been an executive in the league for many years, was a part of championship teams, you know, has a bit more of that pedigree that perhaps – you know, MJ or anyone else would say, let's defer to him a little bit more. That That's some of the part we just don't know. But uh, it seems like, like I said, with what they're dealing with now, having a guy, especially around this time, around the time you get around to the draft when calls are coming in and you're making calls, you want someone experienced in, in taking those. And not that, like, Cho isn't, you know, I think he's done some things the right way. It's just the fact of the matter where they are right now you know, it feels like there's going to be changes somewhere. This would seem to make sense, but this is all pretty early, early speculation. But it, but the talk has definitely been out there. Well, listen. So let, let's go over Rich Cho's tenure. So they the the two big things are they they bet big on their core, right? So you're talking about Kimball Walker, Nick Batum, Michael Kidd Gilchrist, and Cody Zeller. Those combined mm-hmm. contracts are are a big burden on the salary cap situation that we went over in depth in the last episode, and. I said this on ESPN 730 uh, this morning that the one thing I think we can learn from this era of Charlotte Hornets basketball, and feel free to disagree with me here, David, but your your opinion on this matters to me. But I think the one (laughs) – it doesn't matter to me on certain things, but on this it does. Um, The one thing I think we can learn from this era of Hornets basketball is that if you bet on a group of players that don't necessarily have all-star talent – like a lot of a lot of teams will bet big on two or three all-stars. This team bet big on a lot of just really high-skilled, high IQ players and gave them a little gave a lot of players a little bit of money. If you do that, a lot of things have to go right. Like all of those players have to stay healthy and all of those players have to develop skills, certain skills that they need to develop and and continue to improve gradually and get to a place where they're a better player than when you signed them. So yeah. that that's the situation that the Hornets were in and and that has not happened. Like you've had in, you've had significant injuries, you've had MKG not develop his three-point shot and and all of that has culminated in the situation where the Hornets are not in a place personnel-wise where they can string together three or four wins in a row and they're in cap hell. So mm-hmm. and I you think know- that falls on Rich Cho. Yeah, of course, it's got to fall back to the construction of the team. But in my opinion, Doug, it's so crazy because if you would go down a laundry list or a to-do list, 
for the small market NBA franchise, how to build a, a successful winner. In my mind, it's build through the draft, right? Uh, get your best player on which the they best weren't contract. able to effectively do that. I mean, that, and that's another that's another issue. They weren't effectively able to do that. Now, how much of that? I think people would they're they're raising their hand right now, going, "Wait a minute, wait a minute!" But that's on Michael Jordan because of you know the the of his influence on the Frank Kaminsky decision and the right. whatever decision. So, like, that's okay, that's fair, but ultimately, he's the owner. Yeah. Well, the thing apart the thing about that is, Doug, you mentioned the core. Right, that has not excelled. Those were all draft picks. So you right. can say they haven't been able to build through the draft, but they have established the core of this team through the draft. Now, how successful and how good that's been is. But they know, haven't been right. able to find the all star. Right, and so then they place their the multiple all stars. They place their bet on signing a, a a fringe, what was seemed to be a fringe star player via trade, but really free agency with Nick Batum. That is not also not panned out they do have their best player who has developed which thank god Kemba walker has developed to the place where he is they have him on a great contract which which in theory would allow them you know to use some of that extra money to bring in help around him which they have done it just has not worked out to the level that it needed to so you see what i'm saying like he's done a lot of the things i think that you would prescribe for a small market team to do Mm -hmm. the bets have just not paid off enough across the board uh, Jeremy on the chat saying Nick, Kemba, Marv, Cody, MKG was a top five lineup last year. That's yep. true. Uh, but all, here's what's also true. Cody Zeller has missed 20 plus games three of the last four seasons. Can't stay healthy. Nick Batum, that was an unfortunate injury, not necessarily his fault. But again, it falls back on one or two injuries can take this lineup down. Also, th- again, they gave a little bit of money to a lot of players and that really hurt their ability to provide quality depth. A lot of the problems with the Hornets over the last three seasons, can you can point back to point guard depth specifically, but depth in general, not being able to find those difference makers, those matchup problems on the second unit. It's what helped them become a playoff team two seasons ago when they had Jeremy Lin and Al Jefferson as, as uh, matchup problems on the bench. They have not been able to find those because they've had to what bet bet low essentially they've 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 gone for players like Roy Hibbert didn't work out and, and others that and MCW has had his struggles offensively this season played really well defensively but that's the kind of player that they had to target because they didn't have any money because they didn't yeah. want to go to the tax for a team I think fairly that was not going to be an automatic playoff contender right and the two areas to me that if Rich Cho does end up exiting that have been the biggest black eyes on his time here is the lack of point guard depth, the lack of ability to add someone that's going to be consistently here behind Kemba outside of Jeremy Lin, there hasn't been that guy. And the other thing is adding more shot makers, more difference makers. As you said, Doug, the new kind of NBA player, the three and D guy, they have not added any of those type guys Right now, we're starting to see some of those guys develop in a Jeremy Lamb. Um, I mean, you know, Travion Graham, who we said yesterday, they probably won't be able to keep or it's going to be very tough to keep. So they just have not been able to add enough guys around Kemba that can take the heat off him in late game situations. Nick Batum was supposed to be another guy that could do that. Hasn't worked out. So that's the biggest thing to me. They have not been able to do that. This goes back two to three years. Yeah. the Miami and they didn't have anybody else to make a shot. Well, and if you try to, if you sort of unravel this and go back a few years, we can start with the the Lance Stevenson 
acquisition. Team-friendly deal was something that they were going to be easily able to move if it didn't work Another out. Largely, really? largely seen, I think, it was perceived to be, again, a Michael Jordan target, a player that MJ liked and wanted to see as a Charlotte Hornet, and it was sort of a it was a backup plan because they missed out on on Hayward. But you right. take you take Lance Stevenson, that becomes Spencer Hawes, a less team friendly deal. That Spencer Hawes necessitated Roy Hibbert because Hawes could not could not guard the rim. They didn't have enough rim protection. They needed someone like Hibbert to fit Clifford's scheme. And then Hibbert, because he had nothing left in the tank, became a panic move in Miles Plumley, which then became Dwight Howard. 20 plus million dollars, that's a huge burden on financial flexibility. And no matter which way you look at it, you could look at it from the perspective of, well, MJ wasn't involved in, in all of those decisions. This was Rich Cho. And in that case, you have to put the panic move on him and not and not getting the right player and and panicking too soon. Or you say, well, you know, this was Lance Stevenson was an MJ pick, then the the panic move to get Plumley, what you put that on MJ. And even if you look at it that way, then at that point you have to say, well, then this front office obviously needs a stronger voice that could, whatever way you think about it. And I'm not saying any of this is true or not true. What I'm saying is that either way you think about it, the personnel decisions have snowballed to a point where they are now in salary cap hell. You're, you can't fire the owner. They say like with the coaches' decisions, like you can't fire the players. Sure, you can fire the players. You can release players. You can waive players. You can trade players. You can't fire the owner. Like that's the one guy you can't fire. And so, you know, I think a a a change in the front office is. uh, I'm not going to say it's it's absolutely coming because we just don't know. But but I would I would fully expect it because. I think this team is I don't know what direction it's heading into. That's part of the problem. We don't really as I think fans are a little frustrated by that fact. They don't know what what direction this team is heading. Do they want to be a winning basketball team? Can they be a winning basketball team? And or do they want to, you know, get into a rebuild? And part of that is because they have so much money locked up next season that it's going to be very difficult for them to take a a certain direction. They kind of, they might have to live in purgatory for another season before they and the Lakers are in a similar boat. They they're looking at 2019. The Hornets could start to look at 2019 too. Yeah, and the Lakers just changed course on their whole direction yesterday, putting that out there that they were not going to focus on this offseason. But they said or, something. That's the thing. Like they said something. I'm I'm waiting for the Hornets to say something about what what direction I mean you had Michael Jordan talking to the observer saying that you know he he's still focused on putting a winning basketball team out on the floor, but what does that mean? Like what what what's the plan? And 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 I, I wonder again, would you wouldn't expect a rich show in the final year of his deal to put forward that plan? Well, unless- that's the other thing. You you and you wouldn't expect Rich Cho to say much of anything, regardless. Like he's never been that guy that they've thrown out there to the Mitch media. Kupchak, same way though. By the way, uh, so I want to read these comments before we before we get out of here. I, I um, asked the guys over at Locked On Lakers to give me some thoughts on Mitch Kupchak and his style. If and again, we don't. This, these are rumors. These are reports. Rumors. So just keep that in mind. But 
I wanted to ask just in case it happened. And, and if it does happen, we can go back over all this stuff. But here's what Anthony Irwin of Locked On Lakers had to say about Mitch Kupchak and his era of Los Angeles Lakers basketball. I'm really interested to see how he does without Jim Buss as a saddlebag. He's hilariously old school, though, so he might have some learning to do. He's been on a tour of other organizations since he was let go by the Lakers, and overall, he was a really good he was really good out here. He'd be a great get. So Anthony is on the Mitch Kupchak train, but he does make a good point, David, that Mitch Kupchak uh, could be uh, he he might be desired by multiple teams. So could the Charlotte Hornets even convince him to? to join what will be a, a web that's very difficult to untangle. Yeah, man, that's interesting. I mean, it's interesting to hear that take too, because you do, I feel like you do hear a lot more of him not either not getting the credit or getting a lot more of the blame for just kind of how things went down out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about that time. That was a lot of Kobe, some Dwight, and like certainly he he had a hand Steve, in all of that. Steve Nash, that was a, a big contract for a guy that was just completely out of gas. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, then they they gave a lot of money to Jordan Clarkson, the, although that was a great get. We didn't really dig into some of the moves that I can pull that back up. That uh, well, that's if you look at his if you look at his resume with like draft picks, it's almost impossible to compare because those picks that the Lakers had, especially during his time, were mostly like late first round, second round picks. I mean, for the most part, right? So it's other like, than Bynum, Bynum in 05 was a was a tenth round pick, and again, he turned into a head case. But that was an excellent pickup at ten. Yeah. I mean, had he not turned into a head case, he would have been a dominant force and and did help them uh, to win a championship. Ronnie Turioff in the second round of that same draft was uh, was a quality player for a few years, mm-hmm. and then yes, they went through this sort of draft black hole because they were trading away draft picks to build a championship team. Yeah. But then in 14, 15, 16, they get Randall, Ingram, D'Angelo Russell, and Larry Nance Jr., all great picks. Right. Yeah. Some yeah, of those were, were gimmies. Like, I think D'Angelo, but they, but, they, but they took them. You know, they didn't, they didn't go crazy like, like Cleveland did and, and take Anthony Bennett. Like, they stuck to it. <laughs> I, I do want to mention a few of these trades. This is another long show, but there's so much interesting stuff with this Cupjack deal. So in 2004, Kupchak traded Kareem Rush to the Charlotte Bobcats for a 2005 second-round pick, which ended up being Ronnie Turioff, and we traded them a second-round pick in 2009, which ended up being Patrick Beverly, mm. which the Lakers didn't keep either. They moved that, so but the Bobcats traded away that second-round pick that did become a very quality player. Uh, traded... Let's see. They in 08 they traded Kwame Brown, Javaris Crittenton, Mark Gasol, and Aaron McKee to the well. It was a multi-team deal, but it ended up getting them Pal Gasol, and that helped them win a championship. So there is the, the cap gymnastics and the complex trade deals. He was able to engineer that and turn. You know, well, Mark Gasol ended up being a great player, still is, but yeah. but Pal Gasol probably a better fit there for Kobe. And, and time, worked, sure. right, it worked out for them. Uh, here's a funny trade, David. In 2009, traded Vlad Rad to the Charlotte Bobcats, Vladimir yeah. Redmanovich, for Shannon Brown and. Do you remember? Do you remember who they traded? Morrison. Bobcats traded away Shannon Brown and Adam Morrison, Morrison. for yeah. Vladimir Redmanovich. I guess, I guess he got a ring out of that deal. 
So it was not Vladimir Redmanovich. <laughs> hey, was was uh probably should look this up beforehand, but it just hit me. Hubcheck must have been orchestrating the the failed Chris Paul deal to the Lakers, right? That's that's very true. That was that was nullified by by the league office, right. David Stern company. And, and and really and really hurt more than any, I think more than anything that that Kupchak did or that Jim Buss did really set the Lakers back because that pissed off Pal Gasol, uh, that that made a lot of people on that team upset. That it that deprived was, of, it deprived us of Kobe and Chris Paul on the same floor for eighty two games. Here's what I can't get over though. This might put me this solely, even though I have a lot of evidence that Kupchak is an experienced general manager that could do a lot of good things for the Charlotte Hornets franchise. Here's what might put me out of the the Kupchak discussion. Uh huh. In two thousand and fourteen, he hired Byron Scott. That's a black eye for sure. Oh my God! No. <laughs> and Cupcheck is old school. That's another criticism of Cupcheck is that he didn't want to didn't want to tamper. Was very careful about tampering, and, and I think a lot of people felt like, well, Magic certainly doesn't. He's gotten dinged <laughs> twice for it now, but and Magic was the guy that essentially replaced. Yeah. Cup check, but but I but there. So, but here's the thing about that: that a lot of people were criticizing him because he wasn't getting into the sort of pre-July first meetings discussion with guys like Kevin Durant, and so like the Warriors and and other teams already had pitches ready to go for KD, and and a lot of people felt like the Lakers were not in that discussion because Cupcheck would not play by the the new rules, the illegal rules, the or the the legally fuzzy rules, right. But won't have that problem in Charlotte, I don't think, because although I think people would expect him to come here and put them in the discussion for big players, I just don't see that happening. I don't think that a player goes, "Oh man, Mitch Kupchak went to Charlotte. Sign me up. No one get me anymore. on a plane to Charlotte." Yeah, just like no one signing the Lakers just because of Magic Johnson. No one signing here just because of Michael Jordan and or Mitch Kupchak. So it's going to take a little more. They get hired. Because of that perception, I think. I think it's part of what goes into hiring them. But I don't think that players look around. They want to win, and they want to play great basketball. If you can provide them that, that's why I think Clifford, uh, you know, you have all these people on Twitter and whatever, and they're, they're upset about the Hornets, and they got to take it out on someone. So they some of them take it out on Clifford. And I'm like, listen, Clifford... For, for, for Look, Nick Batum did not have a great start to this season, but... And, and he, he struggled a little bit with his efficiency last season. Certainly, I think it's fair to say he has not lived up to his contract. But if if the Hornets had not signed him, someone was going to sign him to a lot of money. The, the, but the only reason I think the Hornets were in that discussion for a player like Nick Batum, who at the time was valued very highly, is that Steve Clifford had convinced Nick Batum that he could make Nick Batum successful. And you hear it, you know, now that Nick Batum has played well over the past 10 or 15 games, Nick Batum is telling people, hey, Steve Clifford being back is what helped me because well, Steve Clifford you, understands my game. Yeah, and I'll guarantee you this too, all that Kemba talk of wanting to be here forever and not wanting to leave and wanting to stay here throughout, I don't think that's the same if Clifford is not here. I mean, there's a definite bond between those two guys. So, look, Clifford and his staff, I think, deserve some – criticism for just the development or lack thereof 
of a lot of these players. Now we may start to see more of that, but I mean, you listen to guys throughout the league, you listen to league observers. Clifford is, is highly respected, highly thought of. I mean, I think that would be a move that would just make the Hornets even more of a, of a laughing stock if they were to let go of Clifford at this point. So I don't see that being the change that happens. All right. Keith on, on the chat has this important thing to say, David. Mark Gasol, Mark Jacobs could help us right now. <laughs> Mark Paul Gosseler could help us right now. <laughs> All right, listen, we're out of time. We were going to talk about Cody Zeller. We were going to talk about Kaminsky struggling and Nick Batum playing well. All of those things are important to talk about, and we will talk about them tomorrow. That's the benefit of a daily show is that we're going to be back tomorrow. We can push some of this stuff to then, and we'll also preview the game coming up against the Portland Trailblazers. An important stretch for the Hornets hey, because uh, – yeah. Sorry. No more game. I mean, that's the, that'll be the first game after the trade deadline. So uh, the Hornets are done playing before 3 o'clock tomorrow. Keep your phones on. Someone asked on the chat if there's anyone other than Woj, Shams, and Stein that they should have their alerts alerts. Ugh, why couldn't I say that word? Alerts right. on four. Brian Windhorse. I mean, he <clears throat> might have something Cleveland wise before alerts. Um I mean, I feel like Woj has you covered on so many areas. Like he retweets a lot of the stuff Bobby Marks uh tweets out, who's another good follow. I'm telling you though, Woj is feeling the Shams heat. Oh, there, yeah. there are a couple of tweets that were just like a little too early. They had not, they got, they got out of the oven a little undercooked, and then he had to quickly tweet something else to clarify. That wasn't when Woj didn't have anyone at his doorstep. The the tweets were always very detailed, and now you can see he's like, got to get something out ahead of Shams. It's a, it's intense, but here's what I will say: keep your alerts on for those people, and then also be careful out there. But check. Uh. Because you got to check the handle and then double check the handle and then double check the blue check. But then it seems like guys are out there faking blue checks now. So what I'm saying is just like quadruple check everything. And if it if it sounds too good, then it's it's probably fake. So just be careful out there before you retweet ridiculous stuff. Uh, and also because- another move to watch out, Doug. Mm-hmm. The day of the tweet. Have you ever seen this where people will retweet a tweet that's like 465 days old? Yes. Check the timestamp. Come on. Check the timestamp. Check the blue check. Check the handle. Don't look at the picture. The picture means nothing. You can upload any picture. Just be careful out there. And keep listening to us because if anything happens Hornets-wise, today or tomorrow before 3 p.m., we'll we'll get back on the horn and talk about it. So – Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Overcast, wherever you get your podcast. Just search Locked On Hornets. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. Follow us on Instagram at Locked On Hornets. Tell a friend. Daily podcast, Charlotte Hornets. Nothing else out there like us. Especially David. He's a big weirdo. <laughs> Nothing else out there like him. All right. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Thanks for chatting with us on YouTube.com forward slash Locked On Hornets. We'll see you tomorrow. For David, I'm Doug. Go Hornets. Go America. Let's swarm. Sure.